What is up, entrepreneurs? You are tuned into the non-corporate network. You are watching Entrepreneurs. Dustin, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Nice. It is Monday. You guys better be getting after it. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, just so you guys know the format, this is a show where two tech entrepreneurs talk all things small business, the top six trending small business stories we debate for three minutes each give our takes. And then I get a gold medal hung around my neck. We, uh, we stand and listen to national anthem with me at the top of the podium. And then Dustin gets back to work and I bask in my glory. Uh, and that's the format. And that's when Chaz wakes up from his dream and then we hop in here and then reality sinks in. So, um, appreciate the, uh, the follow-up on, on your dreams from last night. So. Oh gosh. Uh, well, uh, this is content uh, by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. That is the mission of the non-corporate network. Um, and, and entrepreneurs is really just a combination of CNBC and ESPN. Uh, we want to make things that are fun to watch and um, keep you guys woke. You know, you don't have to worry about uh, any uh, anybody in our pockets. We tell the unfiltered truth down here in Tempe, Arizona. Absolutely. Uh, well, without further ado, are you ready to get into our first story here? Let's uh, let's dive right in. So a company called BusyPay, they have launched a new loyalty program called Rush. And so BusyPay, they're a merchant service program. So they, they take credit card swipes. They help businesses uh, do that. They've come out with a program to help with loyalty, new customer acquisition, um, and online ordering. Their whole goal is to help brick and mortar become more digital, something that everyone can agree that uh, is much needed. Um, all they want to do is help with the lifetime value of a customer. The most expensive customer to get is a brand new one. And so their mm -hmm. whole goal is to, uh, to re-engage with your database, find people that have purchased with you, just get them to come back. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my question is VisiPay. I I've never heard of them, but, uh, you know, there's been more and more of these companies popping up that are more of a one-stop shop, um, to help with new customer acquisition, um, loyalty programs and whatnot. I mean, what are your thoughts? Is VisiPay? going to be the leader in this? My, my head's spinning just based off of that description. <laughs> I have no idea what they do. I mean, I'm hearing loyalty program. I'm hearing payment processor. I'm hearing, you know, a couple of other buzzwords in there. Uh, you know, notoriously businesses that try to start as the fire hose as opposed to finding that one thing that they're good at and building off of it. I mean, it sounds like they're getting into 10 different verticals and I don't think that they have the brand equity or the pull to be able to, uh, you know, play in that many arenas, um, especially to stand up to the likes of Google and Shopify. Uh, so my gut instinct here is that uh, they're not going to, you know, make too many waves. But again, I think that this is a hot space and they have just as big of an opportunity as anybody in terms of, you know, trying to crack into this space, especially with the need for um, retargeting and small businesses trying to, you know, squeeze everything they can out of the, their database to bring customers back. So um, I guess they're playing in an interesting area at least. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's companies for everyone. I mean, they might not be the Google or the Shopify that's going to help enterprise level companies get to this level, but those small mom and pop businesses mm -hmm. that might have one employee, two employees that just don't have the funds right. uh, to, to go with these larger companies, I think that's where they might have a space and, and rather than just trying to focus on anyone and every business that, that needs this, it's maybe go to that, that 
smaller revenue shop that, that might right. not be able to afford the, the larger services. But to your point, I mean, the opportunity is for the taking. It's, I mean, I've been saying there's a, a need for this for five, six, seven years or so since first getting into this. I mean, everyone's always trying to go after new customers. Right. Um, and then just forget about their existing customers, people that have already taken money on their wallets. It's on the you. treadmill at that point, yeah. you know. Here's one thing to keep in mind is even if they spent $1, they're a customer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, I think that that's a big thing where, you know, oftentimes businesses forget that just because somebody didn't spend $1,000 doesn't mean they're not still a customer. 80% um, of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers. So Love it. Cool. So going on to our next uh, topic, 57% of companies are offering mental and emotional support during the pandemic. Um, there's some very interesting facts. So 40% of employees feel less productive and a majority of those people say that it's because they just don't get supervision. They don't get commun uh, uh, communication from their managers. Um, a lot of it deals with communication is not touching base. Mm. More than 50% of employers will continue remote remote work after this. So it's not like it's just going to end. People are going to be working remote. Yep. Um, the companies that are offering something, um, what they're doing is more one-on-one -on -one meetings, um, but also giving more flexible schedules. Um, so, I mean, it's not really that robust of what they're really right. trying to help. I mean, suicide rates are increasing during the pandemic. I mean, it's just not good. I guess the question is, how can companies help with this? I think that that 57% should be a bit larger, yeah. um, but more so, I mean, with revenues going down, how can companies pay to help with that? Or is there right. something like insurance that can help with this? Right. Well, there's been a lot of policy change around mental health uh, compensation by insurance companies. This has been an ongoing fight for the last 20, 30 years uh, where notoriously insurance companies are only going to compensate, you know, physical ailments. Um, and so, you know, mental health is definitely coming into the fold. And, you know, when, when we're all cooped up in our house, you're working in front of the computer, you don't leave the same, you don't leave one room for 12 hours a day. It's not healthy. Um, so I'm not surprised that the number of uh, mental health claims is rising. Um, and only 57% of businesses that offer any kind of help um, I think that that number is definitely not what it should be. Um, so, you know, I think that there's definitely partially falls on your insurance companies to be more open to accepting these claims and creating policies that allow for those claims to be had. But there's definitely a responsibility on the businesses, especially the big ones that are responsible for a large amount of these insurances revenue. It really starts with them pushing the insurance companies to go, this is what we want to see. And this is what we want to give our employees. Um, and, you know, I think that that's what's going to create the fastest response. Other things that I've seen, too, that are interesting to me are um, some businesses compensate their employees with the benefits package that's outside of the medical side where, you know, they are awarding them Netflix subscriptions. They're giving them calm like meditation subscriptions. Uh, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can use services like that, um, to, to kind of bolster up the benefits package and, um, also just help with employees, mental health. So I know exercise and meditation are great things and should be more accessible to the remote worker. Yeah. I mean, with that many people saying that, that they're having difficulties, I mean, that cuts into efficiency, which right. then your revenue falls. I mean, from an insurance perspective, it's, uh, you know, with suicide going up, you're having attempted suicides, people are getting hurt, you're, you're 
what you're Cost paying out. Money too, yeah, yeah, what you're paying out is going to go up. So I, I people just need to figure out how to help on this mental side, and yep. I think it's going to take more than just a company, more than an insurance company, to figure it out. Three out of every four businesses minimum should be doing this, yeah. not one out of every yeah. two. So on to our next story. Microsoft warns of a new uh, type of consent phishing attack, and that's not you know mm. going out fly fishing, trying to catch some trout. Um, <laughs> what's going on is uh, attackers are creating an app for productivity, uh, basically creating free apps and uh, creating them around uh, popular segments or uh, industries. And so as soon as you download the app, I mean, it's free, you open it, they'll uh, ask for permission for certain things. Most people just hit accept because they just want their problem solved with whatever this app is going to do. And as soon as you hit accept, they essentially can attach to all your your information and, and they can create uh, an API token and basically act as you sending out emails, getting personal information. Um, so, I mean, how it used to be done is you'd get a weird link from someone you, you might know. Um, it'd be a weird email, but as soon as you click on the link, that's how they, they can get access to your system. So um, it's kind of more of a clever way to, right. to do this. I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, when you're downloading it and then you're doing this API access token, you're confirming your password or whatever, on, on your, you're clicking and confirming your email address, Gives you a lot more flexibility to wreak havoc, take somebody's device over um, when you've given that many more per, uh, permissions. So, you know, I think it's obviously a big deal. And I mean, we talked about deep fakes last week. Um, for those of you that don't know, deep fakes, synthetic media. And so, you know, now you're able to create synthetic media around a certain person and you're able to access all of these things just because they downloaded a free app. Mm -hmm. I think that it really kind of exposes companies like Apple, companies like Google, that it's their job to vet these type of apps that come on and they need to know what's going on. I mean, it, but we're seeing, you know, the thing with TikTok too. It's mm -hmm. like, it, it may not be phishing, but uh, it, it's blatantly sucking data out of people. Yep. And, uh, you know, why does TikTok need to have access to my emails? Um, so it's, it, it's one of those things where we need to set up policies and whether it's coming from Washington or whether it's just creating more defense. I mean, we talked about this before, um, but you know, what the, the government's um, budget, they're spending what, 33% on defense? A, a normal business is not spending 33% on data security. I can get, yeah, 0.33% maybe. You have one or two people that you're employing to do this and it's it just... I think that we need to, you know, be a little more woke, but unfortunately, I think it's going to take uh, some big issue happening. To yeah, and before that even happens, I mean, I'm not one for regulation or policy, but I mean, these attacks are taking personal data, which are the citizens of the United States. At what point right. is it a threat to the citizens? And that's what the government's for, to right. protect citizens. So, I mean, I said I'm not one for policy and stuff like that, but knowing that it, if companies are doing it, when does Washington come in and take a step into this. We, we have short memories, you know, Target, TurboTax, Instacart, all happened in the last two years. We don't even think about that now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, before we get into our next story, we want to give a shout out to State 48. Uh, they are helping us put together this podcast. They're proud partners of ours. Um, want to give them a shout out. Amazing brand. Um, they do a lot of amazing collabs. Yeah. Uh, Anything else you want to mention? About Clothing for All inspired by Arizona. Uh, they're huge with uh, tons of nonprofits here. Um, and part of the proceeds go to that charitable donation. So all your 
or not all, but most of your purchases will go back to a good cause. And so they're just huge on community. So check them out. Stay48.com. Stay48. Uh, getting into our next story, uh, The Hustle conducted a survey of over 5,000 business, uh, business owners and entrepreneurs, um, and 33% responded that they would be moving in the next six months. This is interesting. Obviously, uh, there's a lot that's changing. Um, you know, real estate is uh, ever changing, moving target, especially during COVID. Uh, looking at some of the stats here, uh, popular cities people are moving from New York City, San Francisco, popular cities people are moving to Austin, LA, Chicago. So, not necessarily a mass exodus from a large city to a small rural area. Uh, but I think there's something to be said about how this remote culture is allowing people to not have to stay where they are to be able to do the same job, not tethered to a specific zip code. What are your thoughts on uh, on people being so bullish on uh, moving in the next six months? Yeah, I mean, it's great. You never hear anyone talk great about how much traffic they had to sit in in LA yeah. or Phoenix. So, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, with, with remote work becoming more of a thing, I mean, we mentioned it quite a bit. It's like, why not incentivize people to move out to more rural areas? Let's spread out a little bit. The cost of living goes down. You can then pay employees less. They still have a good wage, which means you can employ more people or else bring down costs for consumers. Uh, there's a lot of good from there. But I think one thing that is that we might be missing out here is 33% of people said yes, but these are people that know that they're moving. Um, saw some interesting articles over the weekend that, that talk about forbearance is about to come to a close or have to be paid up. Mm -hmm. A wave of bankruptcies are coming because... Uh, Unemployment is going to be cut off. So I think there's going to be a huge uh, wave of, of foreclosures and people that yep. don't know that they're going to have to move, they're going to have to. And yep. so I think there's going to be a huge shakeup. But yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's weird that you go from New York to LA. It's a huge expense to move cross country just to go from one super expensive place to another. Hey, you're but, getting out of the high rise, man. I think that the COVID has kind of given us all this risk barometer uh, and, and obviously with uh, protesting as well, especially if you have kids. Just there's a lot more risks to living in high populated areas, shoulder to shoulder with other people. Um, and so, you know, I'm not surprised to see this kind of decentralization of uh, of of just people in general. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Uh, I think that the other side of this too is like we talked about Facebook was um, offering, you know, hey, go live in Texas and we'll pay you equal to what you get in LA, but in Texas currency, if you will. Um, so it, it's a, it's a, allows them to get out of LA, but then they're taking a hit. Um, do you think that more companies are going to be doing that? Or do you yeah, think, more I think the smart companies will, it's a cost analysis thing. It's like, if you're not in the hustle and bustle, you have some people that want that, they'll be happier. Your cost goes down. Um, so I think there's, there's a ton of benefits from trying to figure that out. How, mm -hmm. where these rural areas are, uh, Dense areas. How can we get people to spread out a bit? I'm surprised the Phoenix didn't show up with how spread out we are. I mean, I know we're, a lot of people we're the are headlines. With, uh, a lot of people are moving like, uh, yeah, a lot of people are moving from uh, like or, or from Cali to, to yeah. Arizona. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, getting into our next story. Facebook is reportedly considering a blackout of political ads leading into elections between 24 and 48 hours prior to elections. They're considering just not running any political ads. Um, do you think this is a good play? Do you think this is going to help with uh, some of the slander and hate speech and, um, you know, misinformation? Yeah, I mean, 
cutting it out for one day. I don't know how much positive <laughs> yeah. that's going to do. I mean, um, we, we have several months of just yeah. uh, um, throwing ads out there. I mean, I think there is something to say. Of there, there are a bunch of people that are on the fence the day before election day, and some of these could sway them one or another way. So I think there is something there. But I think, you know, if they're trying to solve a problem, the problem should be looked at. And it's, it's what's being said in these ads. Maybe we do something to where you can't even talk about anyone else except for yourself, what you believe in. Um, I mean, all the ads that we see, it's all just, they're horrible. They're the worst person ever. You never hear about their agenda, the positive they're going to do, what, you know, yeah. what's in their mind. It's just how bad the other person is. And so, right. I mean, outside of uh, people still need information. They just, I think, less hate information or negative about the other person. So I see what they're trying to do. I think there could be some positives from, from a one day blackout, but I think yeah. uh, more discussion around what can people actually say in these ads is a better conversation to yeah. have. Well, I mean, you know, the subconscious conditioning over six months leading into an election, one day isn't necessarily going to change your mind. My personal thought is that we just need to ban all political ads on social media. I think that there's not a place for it. I think there needs to be a better, more readily accessible, uh, unbiased place where people can do research on what candidates stand for um, that, that sits separate and not in the pockets of any candidate. But I, I truly don't understand why when four years ago, our election was swayed by, confirmed, swayed by Russia, uh, and doesn't seem like we've done much about it. Content moderation is still a huge headline. Um, 900 businesses are boycotting Facebook ads because of the permutated hate speech that they're delivering in their advertisements. Why, why is it good to do this other than to make money? I mean, I'm sure that they're hurting for ad revenue right now. And so it seems kind of counterintuitive to their business model to self-ban more things when people are already um, like, uh, you know, boycotting it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's a place for political ads at all on social media. Yeah. I think the biggest thing you kept saying there was hate speech, what's being said. And that's why I always go back to let's Let's put rules around what you can say. I mean, I, I, I really think that, I mean, one, if you only allow people to talk about themselves, that you're not going to have that hate. But two, you're going to stick out amongst everyone else because everyone's just bashing every other contender that they're going against. So if you shine light on the positives that you're going to do, how your policies are going to help people and the citizens, I think you're going to stand out and you're going to sway more people that way than just right. saying, Martha McSally is horrible. Don't vote for her. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, so. right. Yeah, we see enough of that for sure. Um, well, getting into our last story here, Uber and Postmates announced a merger worth $2.65 billion. Um, Uber Eats is ranked second on the charts of revenue on uh, delivery services for food. Uh, Postmates is in fourth. And so combining these two giants, um, is definitely a, a big a big news story. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think this is a good deal? And do you think that this is going to stifle innovation? Or do you think that this is good for the industry? I mean, it's it's with the merger, you're going to have a, a, a bunch more capital to work with. So I think they'll be able to innovate. But there always comes to a point where it's like, all right, we're a dominant in this industry. So we're going to stop innovating so that we can pad our margins. Um, and when that happens, you're going to you're going to annoy the consumers and they're going to want something new. And then you're going to have a bunch of startups. It's kind of yep. the evolution of industries. Yep. Um, I think one thing that's inter interesting, though, is uh, the monopolies. I know that, you know, we brought it up quite a bit. Um, talk about Amazon quite a bit. But I think uh, yep. how people are, are skirting around it is 
there's multi-facets to each business. And so it's like, yeah. if you're, if you're in 20, it's like, we're not taking up 70% market share in this one thing. Sure. Overall, we're, we make tons of money, but this one little sector, we're not doing it. So I think having yeah. maybe a, another discussion around what constitutes a, a monopoly, I think might be worth having discussion um, over Wash Street. You have forty percent market share in five different businesses, and it's all housed <laughs> under one business. Then you know, uh, I think that yeah, I definitely need to address it. You know, the way I look at this is that it, history repeats itself. I could tell you what's going to happen right now. It's going to come down to two companies: whether DoorDash buys Grubhub or Uber buys Grubhub. It's going to come down to two companies. They're going to duke it out at first, and then they're going to realize that, oh, we're the only two people in this industry. We can kind of drive the price up because we're the two options. And now who gets hurt? Consumers get hurt. And the businesses, the small businesses that use these services get hurt because they got to pay more. Um, you know, and, and it just becomes something where even like drivers, they get paid less because now there's less options. There's less price competition. And so I think that the only people that are going to lose are everybody but these businesses. And then they'll become, there'll be a point where there's an inflection point of now you're charging too much and it becomes more relevant for a small business to just have their own delivery drivers, have a couple of people that are delivering and then they save money. And so it just kind of depends on how greedy they're going to get over the next three, four years in terms of what the next disruption is going to be. I, I truly believe it's going to get unbundled and then you know, small businesses are going to have their own delivery drivers internally. It takes like five minutes to spin up an app on half yeah. of these softwares. So, well, that was a good insight in your crystal ball. And uh, I'd say, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. It's up to them on on deciding their fate. I mean, you're going to be for consumers or for margins. And as soon as you sway over to margins, people, yep. you're going to piss people off. And then yep. a huge wave of innovation is going to come. And so it's it's yep. really up to them. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of navigate um, after this merger. No, absolutely. I, I think that uh, it'll, as as Dustin puts it, only time will tell. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, probably one of the biggest stories that stood out to me today was uh, only 57% of uh, companies offering mental health benefits. I think that that's something that needs to change. So if you are a business owner, talk to your employees, ask them how they're feeling, understand what's going on in their life outside of, you know, getting work done. Uh, because it's becoming a bigger and bigger thing, especially when we're all kind of locked in our houses. So, um, yeah, yeah that number needs to change. Yeah. And I think Microsoft, I mean, that the whole phishing thing, I think is crazy. pretty interesting. I mean, they have got a lot of data at risk. The writing is on the wall. Yeah, it's wonder when will either a, a 9-11 of, of security breaches happen or, or will we, you know, kind of see it on the walls, the writing on the walls and, and yep. do something about it before it happens. We need to get some policy in place. We need to get some smart tech minds out in Washington. So uh, time will tell. Yeah, <laughs> truly. I, I, being reactionary as a leader, you guys are business owners. Being reactionary is never a great um, habit to form where you're making decisions based on things that are happening um, to you. So yeah, let's uh, maybe plan a little bit further ahead with some of these policies and maybe we can avoid some of these big uh, blips and in, in things like cybersecurity, social media. Um, but anyway, we appreciate you guys being here. I could talk for another 20 hours about that. Um, but uh, yeah, get after it today. Again, you were watching the non-corporate network. This is entrepreneurs, content made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. You want to tell them how they can get a show started if they want to join the cause? NCNbroadcast.com. We're, uh, you know, 
mentioned the non-corporate network. We're trying to create more shows under under the channel, and it's all geared towards helping entrepreneurs. You don't have to be in Arizona. We can live broadcast you from Mars. You know, so check us out, NCM Broadcast. Check us out on social media, and thank you guys for just being with us and supporting the cause. Um, we're fired up. We'll be back here on Wednesday with some more stories for you. Reach out to us if you have a story you want to hear us debate. Um, and you want to hear me take Dustin down again. I mean, dreaming again. I'm sorry. You guys setting, just setting me up to just knock <laughs> pins over here. So, uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for being here again. My name is Chaz Vandermatter. Dustin Trout. We'll see you on Wednesday.